welcome to the Anchor Church Podcast. To learn more about Anchor Church or to hear the entire message, go to www.anchorchurch.life. Today we ask the question, what if the God you're walking away from never really existed? Sometimes we get caught up in so much of our own preferences or the things that we want from our God that we end up worshiping the wrong God. So this idea, what if the God you're walking away from, the God that you have been focusing on really never existed to begin with, the God that we kind of create in our minds is not really the God that we should be worshiping. How does that relate to the kingdom of God? Well, maybe we're chasing after the wrong God. Maybe we should be focusing on what he was focusing on. And when we talked about it the very first week, it was people. People. Having conversations with people, getting together with people, spending time with people, sharing different things, sharing our struggles, sharing our joys, sharing our praises, sharing our, the celebrations that we have. Being able to give somebody a hug that was having a hard time or a hard day. Being able to celebrate and rejoice with somebody who is having an awesome day. And not feeling like, well, it's not fair that I'm not having an awesome day because they're having an awesome day. It's okay that somebody else is having an awesome day. And you could celebrate that with them because you're gonna have an awesome day too at some point. People. We're gonna be a church that focuses on people. We wanna love people. We wanna care for people. We don't care if they're black, white, yellow, red, purple, whatever they are, whether they're a dinosaur. Anybody see a dinosaur coming in today? Yeah. If, well, dinosaurs aren't people too, but dinosaur costumes with our people inside, so we care about them too. We want to be a church that loves people. We want to help people. It's been said before that the church is a hospital for the broken, not a museum for the saints. Because sitting around right now are not saints. We're broken people who need fixing. We're a little bit dirty. We need a shower. And Jesus offers so much for, for us. So then, what if Jesus really is who he says he is? Well, who does he say he is? There's been so many times, and that's a question that even the disciples ask. Well, who are you? One thing I love about Jesus is that he would answer a question and he wouldn't really be all that descriptive or he'd be too descriptive. And you're like, well, Jesus, he answered that question a little bit easier. Yes? Was that a yes? Hey, was that a yes? Jesus never played and, and came out and said, hey, I'm God, y'all. Worship me. You could lay the, 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 the palm fronds down and give me the grapes. That's not how Jesus was. That wasn't his style. His style was more humble. His style was more not about me. It's about the Father in heaven. It's about sharing this title. It's, it's about pointing people to the kingdom of God. And he did that with his words. And so I have a few things that we're just gonna just break down here. And I'm gonna read it to you. And all, all of this comes from the book of John. And, the, and John was one of the disciples. And I love John um, because of this. Jesus was humble, and I feel like John wasn't, because so many times John says, um, John, comma, the one whom Jesus loved the most. And then like he went to that the other thing. I wish I could do that. Justin, the one who Jesus loved the most. 
Like, I, like he's rubbing that into everybody else. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and then finally the one that Jesus loved most, John, right? But out of the book of John, we see all these different things, these characteristics of Jesus. And Jesus knew John the best. He was one of the ones that, that he, he spent so much time with John. So when we read things out of John, we know that it comes from really close encounter with Jesus. In John chapter um, three, verses 16, John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life, live forever. 17 is probably just as good. It says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So we see that Jesus is savior here. These are the words of Jesus and Jesus talks about how he's a savior. So Jesus is a savior. He's also the Messiah. John chapter four, a woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, the one who's called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. And then Jesus said to her, I, who you speak, I, I am the one that you speak of. He didn't say, hey, I'm the, I'm the savior. Hey, I'm the Christ. Hey, I'm this, I'm that. But I, listen, I'm the one that you just were talking about. I want, I, want to clear, I want you to clearly understand that, that he is the Messiah. All of these things aren't gonna be on the screen, but you can go to www.anchorchurch.online for our online hub and everything's there. All the notes, the questions at the end of our sermon, everything is there for you to be able to follow along and see and be able to break this down. Jesus says that he's the breath of life, bread of life. In John 6, verse 35, and Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. Again, in John chapter 6, verse 47 and 48, and then 51, he said, most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life, because I am the bread of life. I am the living bread, which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. He's the bread of life. He is where we find salvation. He is something that would fill us up and make us full. That's like the same thing. Light of the world, John chapter eight, verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them and saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. In John chapter nine, verse five, as long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. So he is the light of the world. He is not of this world, meaning he is not uh, a part of who we are. He is separate from us. But he says in John chapter eight, verses 30, uh, 23, and he said to them, you are beneath and I am above. You are in this world and I am not of this world. And Jesus said again in John chapter eight, verse 42, uh, if, I, if God were your father, you would love me for I proceeded forth and came from God, nor have I come of myself, but he who sent me. Again, Jesus is laying down a foundation of who he is. He's not going out and making you know, the Prince Ali entrance and saying, I am Jesus, I am the king of all kings. He is saying it through all these scriptures. He says that I am the great I am, which is, uh, is how Jesus was, I mean, uh, God introduced himself to Moses. He said, I am that I am. And Jesus in John chapter eight, speaking to the Jewish people, Jesus said to them, most assuredly, I say to you before Abraham was, I am, meaning I am the God. And Jesus said to them, I am he. And Judas, who betrayed him, also stood with them. And when he said to them, I am he, they drew back and fell to the ground. That'd be awesome. Have people fall to the ground. He's the world overcomer. He's the son of God. I love this one. John chapter 10, verse 36 through 39. 
Do you say that you are blaspheming? This is people, people were, were, were about to stone Jesus. They had stones in their hand. The Jewish people had stones in their hand. They wanted, they wanted to stone him to death. They were about to throw stones at him for, for, for saying that he was God. He said, you say that you are blaspheming to the one of the Father set apart and sent into this world because that I, I said that I'm the son of God? Verse 37 says, if I am not doing my Father's work, then don't believe me. But if I am doing them and you don't believe me, believe the works. This way you will know and understand that the Father is me and I am the Father. Not to be confused with the Star Wars reference right there that I, I could put in there, but I'm not. Because verse 39 is the best verse. So they were all standing around him with stones in their hands ready to throw. I can imagine some of them are probably like this right here, just like, go ahead, what are you, what are you saying? Right? And Jesus is standing there with all these guys wanting to stone him. And in verse 39, it says, and they were trying again to seize him, yet he eluded their grasp. Like, how did Jesus get away from these guys, right? They got stones in their hands. They're ready to pummel him with the rocks. And like, Jesus hits like the circle button, right? And like, somehow like jukes out of them and, and gets away. I don't understand that. That's like, literally, that's how it ends. Like, he, he eluded their grasp. Like, I, I imagine him with his robe just doing some awesome spin moves. He is teacher and Lord. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is perfectly revealed God. John chapter 14, verse seven through 11. If you have known me, then you have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and you have seen him. And then Philip said to him, Lord, show us the father and it is sufficient for us. And people are still having a hard time with this. They're like, well, what is he exactly saying? That you are God, you are the father? And Philip says, well, show us, show us, show us the Father. And Jesus said to them, have, have, uh, have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? I can just imagine. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? He's saying, you, you, if you've seen me, you can hear me. Can you hear the words that are coming out of my mouth? I am the Father. I am him. Do you not believe that I am the Father and the Father in me and the words that I speak to you? I do not speak on my own, but my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am the Father and the Father in me. Jesus is a king. He is the almighty. He has the almighty. So the idea basically is this, and you can read the rest of these. I have these all titled out and you can read the scriptures and, and we can see more and more about who Jesus is. And this is basically his breakdown of who he is. Because again, we don't see him say, I'm, I'm God. But we see how he breaks this down and he, he, he teaches through it. And we can see who he is. So if Jesus really is who he says he is through all these different scriptures, then our lives would, would look a little bit more different if we started to focus more on who he is and his teachings. Because everything that we see from Jesus is teachings on how to respond to things in this world. Because we are in this world and he is not in this world, but he is God and the breath of life that he's been able to breathe into us as Christ followers will be able to help us and change us and shape us. And if Jesus really is who he says he is and everything in our life should and will change. But again, it's our decision. It's our decision to accept a relationship with him, and it's our decision to start to follow him, to really trust what he says, to read what he says, and then live our lives in a way that respond to the way that he says and shows with his life. 
the what if. The what if of this church, the what if of my life, the what if of our relationships that we have. If we recognize that this what if, this, these possibilities of, of what this church could look like or what our, our lives could look like, if this what if changed to a why and focused on a why, what if this happened? Well, why would that happen? If this church became a church that was on fire for the Lord, that was uh, doing some amazing things in our community, amazing things in our state, amazing things in this world, if people were coming here and transformation was happening, if people were coming here and they said, I no longer wanna live the way that I've been living my life because I know there's a better way. I no longer wanna stand where I've been standing because I know there's a better way. If this was a church known for transformation, it would no longer be a what if, it would be a why. Why is that happening? It's because of Jesus. The what becomes the why. Why are we doing things the way that we do them? It's because Jesus is the reason why. Why is that church doing some of the things that they're doing? I've never seen a church do something like they've done. Jesus is the reason why. Why is this happening? It's because this church is on fire for the Lord. They want things of Jesus and they are seeking the kingdom of God. They are putting the kingdom of God first and foremost, individually, in their families, and as a church family. The what if, the what turns into a why. Jesus is the why. And we think about faith and we think about these disciples that we read about, we read about John and everything he's sharing and he got to spend time with Jesus and he was the one that got to spend so much time with him and be so close to him. We see in the early church that all these guys, Jesus literally ascended into heaven and all the disciples were standing around watching him go up. And there's, there's an account of, of somebody that was standing by that said, what are you guys doing? Get to work. They saw it with their own eyes and they had faith. Now, Jesus is not gonna walk up here and deliver a sermon. Jesus is not gonna say a couple words, but we know that he's here because the Holy Spirit dwells among us. But again, we can't see it. How do we see it? We see it in the transformation of lives. We see it from somebody who is like me at 16, gave their life to Jesus and went from dead to life. In a couple weeks, we're gonna have a baptism on the 29th where people have made that decision in baptism. We're gonna get into it and explain more about what that means. But it's a celebration of life. Baptism is a celebration of somebody who was living a life without Jesus, without Christ, who turned it around and found Jesus. They went from dead to life. It's the resurrection and the life. When somebody goes down into the water, it's putting the old self to death in a new life coming out of the water. It's a celebration of that decision that was made. And one thing that we're gonna do is we're gonna celebrate that and we're gonna share stories of people who are getting baptized. Because when you see those stories, you see the stories of transformation, that's when you start to see what Jesus is doing. Thank you for joining us today. Don't forget to subscribe to our channel for more messages like this one.